This homily is for year C, the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We are accustomed to seeing God's justice from a picture of a stern judge who is always policing us, so to speak, to see our faults so that he could punish us. However, the readings of today paint another picture of God. He is the one who does not give up on the sinner. No matter how deep we are engrossed in sin, there is the hope that the Lord has not abandoned us. Yes, the Lord loves you no matter what, no matter your sins, no matter what you have done with yourself, no matter what people think about you, the Lord loves you as a person. This means that all of us are potential candidates for heaven if only we will sincerely avail ourselves to the mercy of God. In the first reading, we heard that while Moses was on Mount Sinai talking with God, the people on their part had cast for themselves an image of a calf. They worshipped it. They sacrificed to it, accrediting to this idol, instead of the Lord, their deliverance from slavery in the land of Egypt. Worse of it all is that this took place just after the Lord had made a covenant with the people on Mansanai. If you observe my commandments and the laws that I enjoin on you today, you will be my people and I will be your God. And I will give to you the land that I promised your ancestors. These people broke the first and the greatest commandment. And as grave as their sin was, God's mercy for them was far greater. Indeed, the ocean of God's mercy can never be depleted by the gravity of our sins. God forgave the people and reconciled with them because it is in God's very nature to do so. Similarly, in the second reading, Paul regards himself as the foremost of sinners. And an example of what God's abundance of mercy and grace can accomplish for a sinner. By the very mercy of God, Paul, formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence was made an example to those who would come to believe in Jesus for eternal life. If the parables from today's gospel illustrate God's mercy, Paul's conversion story concretizes it. St. Luke in the gospel today puts together three parables of our Lord to highlight the immensity of God's mercy and visceral love towards sinners. These are the parables of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost queen, and the parable of the prodigal son. I believe these three parables were welcomed with joy by the tax collectors and sinners, but with a touch of resentment by the Pharisees and the scribes who regarded themselves as holier than thou people. They would wrap even their cloak tightly around themselves when they are in the public place, lest they come into contact with sinners and become unclean in some way. These are the people who find resentment with the fact that 
Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners. While Jesus' words assured his sinful listeners of God's love and mercy, these same words challenged the resentful ones to set aside their judgments, which were God's alone to render and to put their hearts to God's magnanimous love. In fact, while the first two parables introduced the third, they also helped to steadily increase the pathos of the narrative. The first two talk about something that is missing. The sheep is lost and the shepherd leaves the 99 not because they are insignificant, but because they are more secure going down valleys and hills, up hills, looking for the lost one. And when he finds it, he carries it and comes back home to celebrate. Similarly, a lady that loses one coin, lies the lamp, sweeps the whole room in search for the lost coin. And when he finds it, he celebrates. In both cases, when the missing object is found, there is a celebration. Beloved, if there can be so much joy over the finding of a lost coin or a lost sheep, how much more will heaven and earth rejoice over a son who was lost and is found in the third parable? In the parable of the prodigal son, the younger son collects his inheritance, goes abroad, to see the world and squanders his birthright in loose living. He represents every sinner. In sin, we squander our human and divine birthright, and in the end, we are no better than in the beginning. The people of Israel in the first reading nearly lost their place as God's people had Moses not interceded for them. Sin promises us a life of happiness. It promises us a life of satisfaction. It promises us a life of excitement. But in the end, all we get out of this is misery, wretchedness, dissatisfaction, depression, and a loss of the sense of our personal dignity that belongs to us as children of God. This guy wanted to leave his father's house. He wanted to carry his destiny in his hand. He wanted to be autonomous without the father. And he goes to a faraway country where he celebrates his life in joy and debauchery. But unfortunately, at the end of it all, he became the most miserable person ever lived to the extent that even, you know, the, the, the swine that he opted to take care of, that he hired himself to take care of, were far better than he was. A true son of Israel, a true child of God, wanting to eat the leftovers, the food of the pigs, but was denied about them, tells you how important the pigs were and how to the ebb he had descended to. But at the end of it all, this boy comes to his senses and he says, how many slaves in my father's house 
lack what they need. Look at me, how wretched I am, that I am permission. You know, to be even a slave in the house of God is far better than thinking we are autonomous and free in our own sense. This guy wanted to go back, not as a son, but as a slave. He wanted to go back to his father's house, even though he had sinned. And he planned what he's going to do. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. Take me as one of your slaves. In fact, the good news is that no matter how deeply the sinner sinks into sin, there is always a still silent inner voice within us inviting us to come back to our father's house where true freedom and satisfaction is to be guaranteed. Here God is presented as a tender loving father who is easy on his children and who is always ready to forgive no matter what. As the father was still hoping the child will come, he was awaiting the return of the son. So when the son was coming from afar, no matter how wretched he looked like, the father could still identify him as a son. He ran to meet him. He hugged him, embraced him. And the boy started telling his story. Father, I've, given, for, I've sinned against heaven and earth. The father did not allow him to finish with his planned conversion. The mere saying that I've sinned against heaven and, 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 and you was enough. The father made a difference in his life. The father did what one could not even fathom. Here, God is presented as a tender father. He loves, he embraces, and he reinstated this boy. So he moved from misery into being a celebrity in his father's house. Now, as the party was going on, <clears throat> the father put on clothes on him. And most interestingly, he put on a ring on his finger. The ring is supposed to be the mark of the family. It could be used for so many things. It could serve as a signature, a stamp for the family. But in spite of all that he had done, the father gave him the opportunity once more. So when we come to the Lord, when we are sinful and we repent of our sins, the Lord does not look at what we have done. He looks at what he can accomplish in us. He looks forward, not our past experience. But the elder son is introduced in the parable as a man of honor. He is solid. He is hardworking, consistent, disciplined, and sober. A perfect gentleman. However, in him we see the Pharisaic attitude of arrogance, better than thou mentality, intolerance towards those who had not met his standard, insensitivity, and a spirit of unforgiveness. Now he does not even recognize the younger brother as one of his. He does not see him as his brother. Now he says, 
This your son, he's not his brother anymore. This your son, spend his money and your property and your wealth on loose life. And there you come celebrating his return. And he refuses to get home because his supposed recalcitrant brother had been accepted back by the loving and forgiven father. I know that there are some people who think that the father was unfair and that sinners should pay the price of their actions without any mercy. But wait and think for a moment. If God were to stick to by what is fair and give all of us what we deserve, who will be able to stand the judgment of God? Will you pass the test with distinction? I believe all of us will be in trouble. The challenge of, for us Christians today is to be people of love and compassion. To be like the prodigal father in the parable and not like the uncompromising elder son in a world full of prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. Beloved, God's mercy is available to those who avail themselves to it. Indeed, he loves sinners, but not just those who are so stooped in sin and are indifferent to God's call to repentance. In the parable of the lost sheep and the lost queen, the shepherd and the woman respectively seek what is lost. However, in the parable of the lost son, it is the son who recognizes wretchedness and decided to go back to his father to seek reconciliation, although the father kept waiting for the son's return. This shows that the Lord keeps on seeking for us when we stray from him. But like the young son, we also need to turn around in humility and docility of heart to come back to God. The boy came home. But gaining for the minimum, intending to be only a servant, a hired worker, but he was fully restored to his father's home and his father's love. Often we see ourselves as sinners and we think we are far away from God, but God is never far away from us. He is always steering us to contrition and waiting that we turn to him and ask for his forgiveness. How long will you continue to resist God and be adamant to his love and mercy? Today, as the psalmist says, if you hear his word, harden not your heart. Do not postpone your return to your father's house. Beloved in Christ, please accept yourself today as a sinner. But also tell God you need his forgiveness by praying the psalm of today, Psalm 51. Do not cast yourself out prematurely, for God loves you no matter what you have made of your life. No matter how low you have stooped to be. No matter what people have condemned you to be. No matter what kind of negative tag they've put on you. Remember, the Lord loves you. Although sinful, we are all potential candidates to heaven. Thanks to the mercy of the loving God. Amen.